You still got passwords being reused. You've got stupid passwords being reused. You've got pets passwords being reused. The thing is, is that people are just not doing the fundamental things. So we could all have these grand discussions about golden samples and stuff like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to cover the fundamentals. Mobile workforces, cloud applications, and digitalization are changing every aspect of the modern enterprise. And with radical transformation come new business risks. Welcome to Hybrid Identity Protection, the premier podcast for cybersecurity pros charged with defending hybrid identity environments. Presented by Semperis, the pioneers of identity-driven cyber resilience for the hybrid enterprise. And now, here's your host, 15-time Microsoft MVP and Active Directory security expert, Sean Duby. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HIP Podcast. I'm at Black Hat this week, so today's episode comes from a live HIP conference session where I sat down with my colleagues Guido Grillenmeyer and George Delmaeda Pinto and guests Yanda Clerk and Tony Redmond to discuss the state of cloud security. Enjoy! Let me sort of warm things up and set the stage for talking about the state of cloud security today. You know, as we've watched the cloud evolve from these one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter environments, it started out with complete distrust. You know, who on earth would do this? Uh, what kind of security is it, the nascent security that they had compared to on-premises security? But as cloud securities, cloud services providers such as Microsoft, AWS, and Google have evolved, and at the same time, because so many on-premises enterprises have been successfully attacked, we are seeing the hesitation around cloud security lessening. My personal experience has been, you know, in my time as a technology journalist covering identity as a service, IDAS. When that first came out, I, my thinking was, who on earth would trust their identity to an external provider? And for years now, it has been just an accepted part of the landscape. But at the same time, all of this has been getting better. We're seeing that threat actors have been able to break into cloud services with varying degrees of success. So I've, a question for everyone is, how do you think the events of the last year have impacted cloud services and the resulting security of them? The, the example that I think of is Zoom. When Zoom first appeared and everybody started using it and security issues, how does that, what's that reflected on in the market as a whole? Well, I think for people that were not aware of uh, some of the issues that can arise in the cloud environment, it was a wake up call, I guess, right? Um, so I think uh, some people they are even more focusing on, uh, on security uh, for their, their cloud apps uh, and their cloud services. Um, yeah, and I, th I think yeah, one of the uh, the big problems with uh, with cloud security still today is the fact that uh, some people they don't understand the uh, yeah the shared responsibility model uh, very well yet, or they they don't know the details. Uh, and when you, when you have that, uh, you yeah you create a possibility for gaps, of course, security gaps, uh, and yeah, that way disasters may happen, right? Yeah, I think the key word is shared responsibility, because on prem. Um, well, you are responsible for everything that, that happens or doesn't happen. And with the cloud, you it is a shared responsibility. And many people may think, well, it's not my responsibility anymore. But that's not true. You have a lot of things for which, in this case, the cloud provider is responsible, but you still have your own 
responsibility in making sure that your data and identities are secure. The whole core infra is already secured by the vendor, but not uh, the identities. Well, yes, the identities, but in a certain way, you still need to do your own work. In this hybrid world, how does an organization's on-premises security hygiene affect their cloud security hygiene? Well, if you look at security, the whole security thing depends on the weakest link. Uh, the weakest link is where uh, attackers in the end will get in and uh, your cloud can be as secure as you want. Uh, but if you, for example, you're using uh, federation um, and you have bad security around AD and also in this case ADFS and that gets compromised, your cloud will get compromised no matter how secure that is because one regulates the authentication for the other. And it, um, I'm giving federation as an example, but even with which um, uh, if you're using PHS or a pass-through authentication, it doesn't really matter. If your accounts, passwords, whatever get compromised and you are in a hybrid world, your cloud will follow. If you are 100% cloud, uh, cloud focused, then it's a little bit different. But it, 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 it uh, yeah, people may expect uh, that they are not responsible anymore or they are not aware or don't realize it, but that's not fully the case. And you're still responsible for, for um, especially in a hybrid world, that you're fully responsible for everything you do on-prem or don't do on-prem. Mm. Yeah. Another thing maybe I, I want to bring up is that uh, I think uh, a lot of people, they are still... Uh, over-focusing and over-emphasizing uh, technical security controls, right? And I think if you want to uh, completely lock down a, a cloud environment, you, you need to look at the whole picture, right? For example, um, uh, think about phishing attacks, right? Um, if, if an admin is, is phished and uh, gives his cloud credentials to a, a malicious person, you have a big problem as well. So it's, it's, it also comes down to, to things like uh, security training, uh, awareness of your admins, of the dangers, um, so it, it, I think you need to look at the whole picture, and I think a lot of people they still neglect this, uh, yeah, this non-technical side of, of security also in, in in the cloud space. And I think you bring a good point there, uh, Jan, because technology only goes so far. But still, wasn't it in in a talk uh, by Alex Weiner uh, on on the the use, uh, let's say, the range of use of MFA in the Microsoft Cloud? It was something like uh, much lower than I would have expected, eighteen percent or so. Yeah, eighteen percent. It's really low. Yeah, uh, comparatively low to, I mean, I, I would expect that every company by now, even individual users, I've done it for my home accounts as well, have enabled uh, multi-factor authentication to at least secure um, or at least make it harder for a phished password to get that far, yeah? So I'm, I'm authenticating even to my uh, private mailbox also hosted uh, on Microsoft, but but Google offers the same. Uh, everybody offers it to to not just trust the passwords. I mean, we all know passwords are a problem. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's 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 a multi-faceted game, but MFA should be a given. Yeah, and well, ha having involved, having been involved as a consultant and having to deploy MFA, you know, one of the biggest challenges around deploying MFA is there is a base assumption for modern MFA that everybody's got a smartphone or that yep. everybody, everybody, and I think this is all very true in Europe and other parts of the country than in the United States where I'm based, is the use of a personal cell phone for work, even as an authenticator app. Um, so I remember working with a company and they had 
they had a large contingent staff. I believe it was in Africa. And they all had, you know, people had feature phones. So you, you couldn't, then you start getting involved in uh, hardware manufacturing and buying oath tokens. And so personally, I'm thinking maybe I should look into investing in some kind of company that makes hardware tokens, mm -hmm. oath tokens, because as everyone's pushing to MFA, these are the edge cases that, that slow it down. That said, I completely agree with you. I'm never going to disagree with Alex Weiner because he'll beat me up. So, yeah, but and that was just the statistics. I think um, um, what what we need to understand is uh, it's it's typically a human being that can use multi-factor, right? But there are so many applications that are also authenticating machines that are authenticating within uh, a, a particular service. You know, George brought up, um, he referred to in passing obliquely, he mentioned uh, ADFS compromise, which takes us around to talking about the SolarWinds uh, espionage attack, which really, you know, it's been called by so many names. I think it's sort of being called, the group is called Nobelium, Nobelium um, or in SolarWinds and Microsoft calls it SolaraGate and all that. But essentially... What I, you know, so I, and I, Guido, I know you saw it as well. Alex Weinert gave a presentation at Identiverse where he dove into great detail about this solar winds attack. And that has absolutely affected the public perception of cloud security. But the solar winds attack, one of the things that Alex said was that in every case, so first off, that the solar winds supply chain, uh, uh, vulnerability was only used in, I think, less than 15% of the uh, the intrusions, and that most of it was done via password spray against a non-premises Active Directory attack. Yeah. And he said that in every case where the uh, exchange uh, had been penetrated, exchange online had been penetrated, the attackers had complete control of the on-premises environment. How does what's what's your thoughts on that? If your on-prem is not secure, uh, that is the path uh, towards your cloud resources. Yeah, of course, there was a focus on the Solaragate attack around the first, at least, um, documented golden SAML attack. Yeah, with uh, basically the cloud uh, uh, trusting your federation service and, and, uh, you know, that, that certificate and the key being, uh, stolen and then being used to generate, let's say, trusted certificates of your own to then, uh, authenticate a cloud the, against the cloud resource that thinks that SAML token is coming from uh, that, uh, federated identity. And it didn't, it came from the, uh, intruders. Yeah. So um, that is the risk that, that, that is technically real if you don't uh, protect your on-prem environment sufficiently well. And, um, but we shouldn't hammer that too hard because, of course, um, it, it, it's, it's a far way to get to those keys. Yeah? So, so you really do have to be fully compromised uh, and, and not do anything about it before then attackers can then uh, continue uh, down that road uh, against the cloud. But it has been proven to be possible. I think that's the scary part. I wonder uh, how much that's going to hasten the demise or the end of lifing of ADFS servers in the enterprise uh, as a result of that, because essentially your your fancy cloud service is taking the word of your on-premises service. So if your on-premises service is compromised, 
Well, but I don't think it's just related to, to ADFS. It's it's basically any federation system. If you use federation of course. as a uh, as an authentication means, um, but even if 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 you are in a hybrid scenario uh, and you are not using federation, you are using password hash sync. If your account, you are not so you are, there's nothing to compromise regarding federation services. But if your credentials are on prem and compromised. You're in the same boat. It's still compromised. Has some level of security. Um, uh, you know, it, it doesn't seem to keep companies from joining the services. The fear of a federation being broken or breached or whatnot. Did, did you see anything that that where companies become hesitant to to join the cloud resources for security reasons, or or you think everybody believes? it's secure enough, It'll, it's more secure than what I can do myself. So, I mean, this is basic fundamental uh, block and tackle stuff that organizations should be doing. It's also, it, I, I did a test a couple of years ago with uh, Troy Hunt's uh, I, You've Been Pawned uh, service. Very simple test. Uh, it just said, okay, Let's uh, read down the list of uh, primary SMTP addresses of uh, of uh, users, and they could be on-prem users or they could be cloud users, whatever. It, do it doesn't matter. They're just SMTP accounts. I just uh, run them against uh, the I You've Been Pawned database to see how many hits were there. And it was staggering. I did it in a number of different tenants, and boy, uh, you still got passwords being reused. You've got stupid passwords being reused. You've got pets' passwords being reused. The thing is, is that people are just not doing the fundamental things. So we can all have these grand discussions about uh, golden samples and stuff like that. But you know, at the end of the day, you've got to cover the fundamentals. And that means getting MFA in, stop people using stupid passwords, and getting rid of basic authentication. And, and once you do that in a cloud service, there there are no problems. Really, there are no basic problems. Basic authentication, you mean like the legacy protocols uh, that are known to like be it, yeah. Try to get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, why are why are people still using IMAP four and POP three? I'm sorry for email. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, come on. I mean, but does anybody? You know, there are there are there's a large proportion of the world's population that was not born when POP three. Was, was written. <laughs> right. I mean, come on, guys. We you are know, old. There's a more modern way of doing it. Yeah, we're all old. Yeah, looking at the amount of gray hair in this room. Sorry, Heather. <laughs> Not you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but, so. Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, oh, um, I'm not sure if I answered I'm not sure if I answered the question. Oh, there, there's an insecure connection just dropped. But anyway, I'm not sure if I answered your question, Guido, but you know, I had a I had a good opportunity to have a rant and I enjoyed it very much. That's good. <laughs> That's okay. That's all okay. And yeah. I think I, I think the challenge is that that uh, companies will evaluate security uh, security differently. If you're if you're a small company that uh, that can completely migrate all of their resources to the cloud, you don't have a hybrid challenge, anyways. Yeah, I uh, think you it's know. the larger com companies that are struggling with that. Uh, uh, let's say with well, that hybrid thing. workload. Here, here's the thing, Guido. Yeah. Two years ago at the Ignite conference, uh, a Microsoft engineer stood up and he was talking about hybrid connectivity for Exchange Online. Uh -huh. uh, you know, 
there's a lot been a lot of mailboxes traveled uh, put over to the cloud and he affected yet enterprises remain in hybrid mode but their mailboxes are all in the cloud it's you've got these organizations that are just holding on they got five or six mailboxes on-prem the rest are in the cloud they're just not willing to make that final jump but I think that is def that that trend is going to decrease over the next couple of years, and you'll find more and more organizations will be cloud only. On the mail front, on the mail front, I I totally do. But it's not on everything. Oh. On the on the application front, uh, I, I have been I've have I've had the chance to talk to quite a few customers, of course, with regards to Active Directory security and their legacy applications, and for some of them, of course, cloud also means. To move the domain controllers, the on-prem domain controllers, into the cloud, and then continue to also use legacy applications that are not cloud-native, yeah, yes. .NET apps and whatnot. Continue to use them because, let's face it, uh, uh, cloud migration is an application modernization topic. For mail, that is done through yeah. Office 365, but yeah, for yeah, yeah. applications, it's of course much more involved, and so yeah. my my feeling is that um, we're still going to have to deal with the those legacy topics active directory on prem as such we all know i i do consider it legacy i mean all all here oh, have their... i never thought i'd hear you say that <laughs> uh, well it's uh, uh, was, was that painful from the from the point it hurt like it no longer being <laughs> further developed with new features the last feature yes, was yes, 2016 yes. yeah so uh, uh, microsoft of course is investing all of their capabilities and you know features and new stuff and rightly so into the cloud but we still need the on-prem environments for many many years to come because of the yeah. applications that depend on it yeah, yeah so yeah. might not be mail yeah why not no mail? i agree with you there's well, a lot of line and business business uh, um application and indeed in terms of you know i had a i had to go there pop and imap but there's a lot of uh, devices out there in use in corporations that use these protocols mm -hmm. to connect multi-factor, multi-function devices, you know, like printers and scanners and stuff like that. And they're pretty vulnerable as well. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it just takes time. I mean, in fact, the, the exchange guys have been on this uh, crusade to get rid of basic authentication. And they've done things like they've, they've even upgraded POP and IMAP to use modern authentication. But their biggest problem is tracking down all the, the device manufacturers of, of things like a photocopier to say to them, hey, you know, you've got an inbuilt email connection here using SMTP and POP, you know, uh, which is, uh, and the passwords aren't terribly secure. What are you going to do about that? Yeah, it's crazy stuff. But this is what happens. This is the reality of modern corporate IT life. Thanks for joining us on the Hybrid Identity Protection Podcast with Sean Duby. Be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Visit hipconf.com, that's H-I-P-C-O-N-F.com to learn about upcoming events, view expert presentations, and take part in the conversation.